And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We're starting a new series called Love Your Neighbor, and the the, um, the key verse is in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. That's where we'll be going this morning. But I wanted to um, kind of frame this whole uh, message to this morning. Uh, if I could sum it up in one sentence, well, that one sentence would be, when we love our neighbor, we can change our world. When we love our neighbor, we can change our world. You know, I'm a huge fan of action movies. Any action movie fans in here? Like, you like a good action film every now and then? Yeah. You know, I love superhero movies. I really love the Marvel movies. Any Marvel fans in here? A few, okay. I was like Marvel, also like a, I was a Batman guy growing up. You, had, My mom is here today. I'm so glad that she came over to be with us. And, um, and you can ask her, every time that we went to Walmart to go shopping for groceries, we always asked if we could go down the toy aisle. Exactly. Not going to leave without, and sometimes, I think most of the time she said yes, but um, I, I can't really recall the time that she never said, but you know, we always had a limit and it was always action figures. And I think up until just a few years ago when mom sold her home and we will, um, she still had all of the action figures that my brother and I had collect all the Batmans, all that. I was like, you still have, she's like, yeah. Like she said, do you want them? I'm like, no, I don't want them. You know? Um, anyway, I don't, we must've given them away or threw them out, but uh, oh, my brother has them. So my younger brother, who's 17 months younger, if he's watching, thank you, Justin, for taking those. So anyway, I remember, but there's one, you know, in a good action movie, there's always, especially these superhero movies, there's always like one epic battle, right? There's one, and one of the favorite ones that I like was Endgame from Marvel. And here's a picture, I think we got one of the final battle there. Like, I remember this scene. Like, if you've watched the movie, and if you haven't, I'm sorry that I'm ruining it for you. But... Um, I remember because especially like when Black Panther came back, I was like, yeah, it's on now. Like this is, this is, and anyway, uh, I, it, it was so, which is such a cool scene because it seems like always in the movies at the right time, at the right place, the heroes show up to, to save the world, to save the day. Um, there's stress, there's, there's loss, but the heroes are there at that right time. However, though, in our world and in real life, some of our battles are not that simple. Some of our battles are not that simple, and some of our problems aren't that simple either. I, as I was praying and preparing for this message, I, I got to thinking, you know, on, around this time, about three years ago, Evangel, you sent a, church, you sent a team of us to Guatemala. And, um, and I want to share, we'll just scroll through some of these pictures. This is our trip, 2017, June 2017. A team of us went to Guatemala. It was a life-changing trip for me and I know for many on that team as well because on this day, what you're seeing pictures are is when we went and did ministry at the city dump. There's a young man, his name was Bilson. His name is Bilson. He still does the ministry today. We actually stay up and stay in contact um, uh, on Facebook. But he... At 21 years of age, had a burden for the people in his city. And he knew, he knew that there were a group of people that would travel from the other side of the mountain to come to the city dump, to rummage through the dump and to get items to hopefully go and sell or that they could recycle or they could earn enough money for the day to buy food for their family. And 
What's really powerful about this is we were in a bus and they were taking us. They opened the gate. We drove as far as we could in. We got out, got all of our supplies, and we walked into the area where these people would be gathering. He said, in just a few minutes, you'll see a group of people that will come. And uh, we're going we're gonna to do the children's ministry lesson you have prepared. Um, I'm looking and I'm seeing people on that team that are in these seats, which is really cool. They're sit back and reminisce about. And I, and I remember us going and we had like little bags of water that you see us washing hands and washing faces of the babies, the little, the little kids that were there. And, um, and we were preparing the children's ministry lesson. They were, they, do it every, they were doing it weekly. This was something that was on his heart to do. They would prepare like scrambled eggs and tortillas and beans and things like that. They would pack up and they would take, they would feed the people there. They would provide mess, you know, a message. They were doing one-on-one discipleship. They were doing counseling. They were praying for the moms there. And not just like one or two people. We're talking families families and you can see there's the crowd of kids that were sitting there that were that were listening to the children's lesson that we've prepared and i i go back and i think about this because church you sent us there you you sent us it seems like every time around this time every year for the last few years you send a team of evangel and we always go around the end of june first of july right miss janet yeah it's like, like we try to go in the hottest part of the you know anyway it's just how it works out and i remember that that day just it just wrecking my heart like what the lord was doing in this young man at 21 who saw a need and met a need he saw people his neighbors his community who were suffering and he says i can't just sit by and not do anything but there's something that i can do what's really incredible is the team from evangel that was there gave out of their personal money that day and we gave a little bit of money that we took to be a blessing as well but we were able to buy Bilson a, a, a he all he wanted was a propane gas burner where he could cook the food on site where it would be fresh and hot that's what he asked for he didn't ask for any he could have asked for anything and we I think we ended up raising like well over $400 just of our team taking out personal money generously given so this young man and his ministry team can continue to do ministry at the dump and they took a picture they bought it that week and they were still doing ministry even before we left which is incredible and that that's the that is the part of this message is what i want to talk about today is how do you tangibly love your neighbor and what are we called to do as a church in 2020 I think about what are some of the most pressing issues and problems in our world today, and I'm only going to list a few. You probably can think of many more, and I don't. But I think about the pandemic that is still currently going on, social injustices that are, are still going on, and that the church needs to be a voice and speak truth and love and grace in this season for the food insecurity that still takes place, not just around the world, but in our backyard. I, I will tell you this, I know from the last five years of mentoring at Leon County Schools that some of the students that I've had the opportunity to mentor, that they have perfect attendance at school. Because the only meal, many times, the only meal that they will get are the breakfast and the lunch that their schools serve Monday through Friday. And that's not in a third world country, that's not 
in, in Guatemala, that's, not, that's right here in Leon County. We have families who have food insecurity. Thank God for Second Harvest. Thank God for Convoy of Hope and for our church that sees the need and wants to meet a basic need. I think about the fatherless homes that are, that are definitely in America and that, there are, there are, that how that continues to be an issue um, with many homes throughout America and even here in Leon County. I, I know that personally being raised by a single mom who was raising three kids um, who most of the time played mom and dad um, and answered the tough questions um, and had to do that with two really rambunctious boys and, and me and my brother. So I commend her and I pray for those. You know, when I think about these problems, I ask myself, who's going to step in? Who's going to solve them? Like Captain America, Iron Man, he's, the Avengers, they're not coming to the rescue. They're not here. They're, 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 and it gets overwhelming. And, and, and do we just let these problems continue? Do we just you know, turn a blind eye and say, well, they're not my, it's not my issue. I really can't do anything about it. And I believe the answer to that is absolutely not. Absolutely not. See, for the follower of Jesus, for the believer, for the Christian in here today, I believe that we were all given the same mission. It's called the Great Commission. Not the great suggestion, not like maybe you can do it. No, no, Jesus said when he left in Matthew 28, he looked at all of them. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Proclaim it. That's really what the word means. Tell people about it. Share about what I did. Share about who I am. And, and know this, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. That's a great promise. That Jesus never will leave us nor forsake us. The, the worship team did a great job declaring that. And I'm, I'm here to say, church, that I believe that the church, the local church, not a physical building, but you and me, the body of Christ, who worships and lifts up and calls the name of Jesus, Lord and Savior. He's our Lord and our Savior. Those churches that name Jesus as Lord and Savior, they're the solution for the world today. You and I are the people of God who will say, you know what? I am aware I see and I hear, and God has, God has commissioned me. God has called me to do this. I think about the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is teaching the model of the Lord's Prayer. And there's this phrase that always sticks out to me. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's scriptural to pray that. It is, Jesus did not come just to save a few people in, in the first century Jewish era. He didn't just come to save himself. But for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that through him that the world might be saved. That, that every single person, he doesn't define who the world is. It's just humanity. God gave himself so we could have salvation. And this is the beauty of it all, church, that it's not an escapist mentality. It's not, let's just, let's just get out of here, but it's an opportunity for us to share the love of God abroad with every single person that we come in contact with. Pastor's been preaching about the last days, and what he was preaching last week really stuck out to me. He said, in this season, in this era of the last days, we do not have to fear, but we do have to occupy. We have to be about God's business, and his business is that he loves humanity, and he wants to see people saved. He wants to see people set free, and the coolest thing about it is, is he invites you and me to be a part of doing those very things. It's a great commission. We've all been invited to join him on this mission. So if you, if you, so we had this core mission 
Now we got to have some like belief systems, some values. What's the value that Jesus wants us to embody and what's he wants us to teach? Well, you don't have to look very far. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, Jesus gives an answer. He says, this is what you want to be about. This is what I want my people to be about. This is what I want you to, this is how you should live. He says, Jesus replied, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So I've got a mission, one core mission as a believer. Now I've got a set of values that I can live by. I want you to love God, love people. See, do you ever feel like we sometimes make things harder than they have to be? I mean, I have a tendency to do that. Like, I just want to complicate the situation, and I don't have to. Like, it's like I'm not the one in our home that puts together the kids' toys because I will not read the instructions because I think I can do it myself, and I'm really not a craftsman by trade. Ask Lacey. I am not. Like, I will get frustrated, I will get mad, and I will just give up. And then Lacey comes behind and puts it all together in just a few minutes. That's the truth. She's moderating YouTube, so she's probably, everyone's giving her amen or she's giving herself an amen there. But that's the truth. We just make it harder than it really has to be, church. Love God, love people. Jesus is actually in a conversation with Sadducees at this time, the, uh, the uh, religious elite of his day who did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. He is actually having a conversation with them, and he's, he, I mean, he's laying it out for them. And then they're like, okay, we can't get this guy. We can't stump him. But then a scribe, a lawyer comes up and asks him this question. What's the greatest command? Jesus doesn't hesitate, and he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a direct answer. I'm gonna, this is what you should, this is how you should live. What he really answers him with is this is the essence of the whole law of God. This is how you should be. Love the Lord with all yourself, your whole self, and love your neighbor as yourself. You can't, and, and you can't separate either one. See, loving the Lord is very clear in this passage. He goes and takes them, the Jewish believers that were among them, he takes them back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is the great teaching of the Shema, which means listen, the Lord your God is one. He goes all the way back and he says, this is what we've believed all our life. This is what we've been taught since we were kids. He, he takes them back to the roots, the basics of belief, and he says, love the Lord your God with your whole self, with your mind, with your strength, with your soul, with every part of you. And we, we usually, I don't do that perfectly, I'll be honest with you, I don't know, I don't always, and he knew that those in the crowd didn't as well. But loving our neighbor, what does that really mean? If you look a little bit ahead and, or go in the other Gospels, you'll read a parable about the Good Samaritan. And when we read that, we learn out who our neighbor really is. Those in need. Those that some people just overlook or, or how I was taught growing up. Your neighbor, Zach, is every single person of the human race. I remember our youth pastor teaching us that. Like, we have to have the eyes to see and this is, here's a definition that, that I put together. It means that the same way that we care for ourselves and our, and our own interests, we should care for and have concern for the interests of others. That's loving your neighbor. The two commandments are really one and stand together. The first without the second is impossible. If I do not have love for God in my heart, I will not love my fellow man. And if you do not show love to others, then the love of God is absent from your heart as well, according to 1 John chapter 4. 
So it, it kind of gets us in this, if I don't love God and if I don't have, and I don't love my neighbor, then the love of God is absent in my life, which would mean, and to me, this is really the point that I want to drive home here, is that the love in the truest sense for every single one of us demands abandonment from self-absorption and total devotion to who God is. Love in the truest sense demands abandonment to self and devotion to God. And I am not going to stand up here and say that I'm not always self-seeking. I think we all fall trapped to that. It's easy just to do what's comfortable. It's easy sometimes just to look the other way and say, well, you know, someone else will do it. But here's the question about loving your neighbor. What if God's calling you to do it? What if, what if it's a clear, if I, it is the love of God that flowing through us, that life-changing power that transforms our life, that it brings change to this world. I, I think about it a lot, and I shared this in the first service, I'll share it with you, is that I remember encountering the love of God for the very first time um, as a young teenage boy that I was invited and I was included in a youth hangout trip to Panama City Mall in December of like 1999. That's back in the Y2K day. I remember everyone freaking out about Y2K and I thought the end was coming then and, and we had like watch night prayer on December 31st. I, I was new to Christianity. Like I didn't know anything about like, and I, we, we were, I went to, it was a similar God church. So Pentecostal, I'm like, all right, like this is cool. I'm down with this, but this, I didn't know what we were doing. Like we're going to pray all night. Um, and, um, and I'm like, I just want to go eat pizza. Like they told me there was going to be pizza here. That's what I'm here. But we prayed and I remember praying into the new year and the lights were still on and everything was still good. I'm like, well, Jesus didn't come. All right, good deal. Like, can we go eat pizza now? All right, that's, that was my mindset in like, these, that was January 2000, okay? I was a kid, don't, don't judge me. Uh, but uh, I remember though, encountering the love of God because I saw something in people that were my age or just a little bit older. I saw something, they had something that I didn't have. I wanted to know what it was. I want to know what it was. And it was just simple that they just said, and then, you know, back then I didn't really, I didn't know how to verbalize it, but they, they just said, we have a relationship with Jesus. I'm like, well, that's cool. I want to have one of those too. When's the last time someone saw something in you that you have and they, man, I want what he has. I want what she has. That's the question that we have to answer. So how do we put love in action? Jesus' half-brother James, in James chapter 2, he gets real practical and he gets real honest with the church there. And this is what he says, chapter 2, verses 14 through 19. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. And if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is, say it again, is what? Dead. Dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. He says, show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. James pulls no punches here. He pulls, 
He's just real honest and real practical with the church here. You can say you have faith in Jesus and still not show his love to other people. You read the whole James chapter 2, you read it in, in, in one sitting, you'll understand what James, from the very beginning, he's talking about how prejudice and favoritism shouldn't be in the body of Christ. And he, and he gets to this point, and Martin Luther had an issue with it. He, he thought that, that James was teaching that you had to have works in order to be saved, but that's not what James is getting at. He's saying that if, I, if you really have faith and you say you follow Jesus, then the things in your life, that's just naturally going to flow out of you. I don't, we didn't do the food distribution last Saturday because we wanted an extra jewel in our crown in heaven or a, a bigger mansion in heaven. We didn't do that. At least I hope you didn't. We don't, we don't give and do outreaches and we don't support missionaries. We don't do any of those things here. We don't have services because we, it's for our glory, but it's for his. I have good, I have good, out of my faith, there should naturally flow this care and this compassion and this desire to bring the kingdom of God into someone else's life. Because I remember what it was like when I did not have Jesus in my life. My heart and my desire, church, and it should be our heart and desire, I don't want to shove Jesus down anyone's throat. I've, heard, I've been told that before when I'm witnessing people. You're trying to shove your religion or your ideologies or your belief down my, no, I'm not. Can I just tell you this? I know what it was like to be in darkness. I know what it was like to be lost. I know what it was like to be scared and confused. I know what it was like to contemplate taking my own life. I know what that was like. But then someone introduced me to Jesus. Someone just, someone just invited me to belong and just come and belong and be near. And I encountered the love of God. And I love what Romans 5 says. It is the goodness of God that draws men and women to repentance. And that's exactly what drew me to repentance and made me turn my life, even as a young man, back to him. It wasn't someone like yelling at me and telling me that I was going to turn or burn. It wasn't someone that told me that I need to be fearful of God. I didn't, I didn't experience any of that. I experienced the radical love of Jesus who says, Zach, I see you right where you are and I love you right where you are. Just come to me. It's the call of God. It's the call of Jesus to the early disciples. He did not say, come and get your life right. Come and get cleaned up. Come and stop cussing. Come and stop doing it. No, no, he said, just come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men see there's a thing about just belonging and then jesus once you belong and you be, then you can become that's the call of god on us as a church it's one thing to say you have faith in jesus but it's another thing to allow your faith in jesus to overflow into someone else's life Jesus went about doing good, healing the sick, setting people free of the works of Satan. And get this church, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you and me. And you and I are empowered by the same Holy Spirit to set people free, to, to, to declare that this is the year of the Lord's favor, to tell people the good news of Jesus. And it's not about cramming religion down their throat, but it's about offering a relationship. A relationship that will change your life. It's a message that has lasted for over 2,000 years. It's a message that our world needs today. Can I tell you this? Jesus is all about restoration and reconciliation. 
And we will not see restoration or reconciliation if we just keep quitting on people and we just keep canceling people and saying, you know what, you don't believe me or you don't look like me, you don't act like me, then we're just gonna go our own way. That is not biblical. That's not Jesus. And it has no place in the kingdom of God because I know this, that he invites everyone to the table. It's, an, it's, he, it's Jesus's table, it's not my table, it's not your table. Jesus is welcoming. Jesus is inviting. And we're empowered to share and do the same thing and share the love of God. You know, remember, we listed some problems in the world. We discussed them earlier. It's overwhelming to think about. How can I solve them? But here's the thing. I don't want you to think, how can you solve them alone? Because that's not, that's not what I'm getting at here. And that's not even what the scriptures are getting at here. How can I do my part? What's in my hand? Remember when God asked Moses, what's in your hand? Think about that. He's going to take what you have, your skills, your abilities, your talents, your passions, your desires. That's what's in your hand. And then he wants you to open your eyes and your ears to see the world the way he sees them. That's been a prayer that I've been praying the last few weeks. God, I want to see people the way you see them. I want want to love people the way you love them. I want to care for people the way you care for them. See, Jesus is not calling you and I to be a superhero. And for me, my personality, I know. Like, I think I can fix it all. And like I just told you earlier, I'm not a craftsman. I can't fix anything, really. Um... But I want to solve people's problems. I want to feel like I have to have all the answers that I can take care of everybody. And my wife reminds me very well. She's like, Zach, I don't need you to fix anything. I just need you to be present and I need you to listen. What if we're just present and we just listen in this season to what the voice of the Father is saying and then we're not just coming up with some good ideas, but we're coming up with some God ideas that's going to transform people's life. What if we just take this season that we've been forced to slow down and not choose to focus on the negative or the fact that some things are just not the way they used to be? But what if we just take them and we say, Lord, what? Instead of asking, why is this happening, God? What do you want me to learn in this season so I can be used by you to build your kingdom and not my own? I don't need to be a superhero. Jesus has already came and he's made a way for people to be saved. He just needs me and you to point them to the way. May we pray. May our eyes be open. May we see people the way Jesus sees them. Takeaways for today's message. If you're taking notes, or if you're listening, really, is when you love, when we love our neighbor, we can change the world. See, you change the world when you choose to see people for who they are. We'll talk about the image of God real quick. From the very beginning of time, Jesus, when he created us, he created us male and female. He created us in the image of God. And when I or you or anyone demean or look down upon somebody because they're different than us, what we're really devaluing is not just their identity. We're devaluing the image of God inside of that person. We're saying that my image of God is more superior than your image, which should never, ever take place in the kingdom of God, which should never take place within the body of Christ. We value all human life. We value every single person because when we start to see, when we want to see our world change, we start to see people for who they are you change the world when you choose to care for people where they are 
That's the belonging that I was talking about earlier. I, I don't, there's no, if we really want to be a healing place, a place of refuge, a place of reconciliation, we have no pretense or no expectation for someone who comes off the street to act or talk or dress or look like us, but we just simply invite them to come. Just come and belong. I love we do surveys when we do digital connection cards and thank you for filling those out and those online when you fill those out we it's not just something that we put in our system to have busy work we really we have a digital card but then we have surveys that we send out and some of the surveys are so beautiful and what we hear a lot is that when people attend evangel for the first time they, they use words like it feels like home it feels like a place i can belong it feels welcoming that's exactly exactly what we want to hear because that is what transforms people's life when we start loving people and caring for people where they are. It doesn't matter if they were an addict or, or going through addiction. It doesn't matter if it's been divorced or they're in a lifestyle that, it, that we may not agree with. But what does matter is that they matter to God and they matter to us. And when we make a place for them to belong, Jesus has a way of making them become. See, and that's the next, the last one. It says, you change the world when you help others see who they can be in Jesus. Discipleship, I know it's a word we use, it's sometimes a church word, but really what discipleship is, it's a journey. It's not a curriculum, it's not a book, study, those are parts of it, but discipleship is a journey of life with people, saying I'm willing to link arms with you. Right now in this season, we're doing virtual small groups, many different ones, and I know that that is outside the box, but what's really cool about that is we get to be outside the box and we get to innovate in this season. The Holy Spirit's still using it because it's still reaching people. And it's reaching a whole different age demographic, which is really cool at the same time. But discipleship is not so much just going through the content, but it's understanding the context of someone's life. It's willing to say, you know what? We don't have it all together here, but we are covered by the blood of Jesus. And we're going to link arms with you. And we're going to walk with you. And we're going to help you take one step closer to Jesus. You change the world when you help other people see who they can be in Jesus because you and I and every single person was created on purpose for a purpose there are tangible acts of love that I believe that we can do to love our neighbor outside when on the tables when you leave today there's a little card and if you're watching online if you want to stop by the office and grab some of these this week you can but it says this could change your life forever it's got our logo on it. It's got service times. It's got our website on it. But I was praying over this card, and I, we've had these for a while. But here's the challenge I want to issue with all of us here with today is that what are some tangible ways that I can share and show the love of Jesus this week? As I was praying a few or how can I love my neighbor this week? Some of these things came to mind. We've done them before. Maybe you've done them on your own. But what if I take this card and we're going to have a time here in just a few minutes just to pray, soak in the presence of God, ask him who he puts on your heart. But what if this week you're in the Chick-fil-A line because that's where my family goes a lot because I got three little girls who love Chick-fil-A or Zaxby's. I should buy stock in both anyway. But anyway, I... Um, I need, what if, I'm by, what if I choose, and if the Lord lays upon your heart, what if he says, pay for the meal behind you, and you just hand this to the cashier and say, hey, we just want to bless the people behind us. What if it's 
What if it's you just write a personal note this week and drop it in the mail? Pick up a phone, give someone a call rather than a text message, which there's nothing wrong with that. But what if I volunteer an organization to serve the community in the next few weeks? Well, if I just check on a neighbor, I could give you, you could come up with your own, but what I want to challenge you with and I'm challenging myself with is that there are acts of love and service that we can do because I believe a gift unlocks the door to present the gospel in some tangible way. And guess what? We're all called and equipped to do that. May fear leave your mind. May 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 you not hold back anymore. But what's God saying? Who's God putting on your heart for you to just love right where you are. Will you go ahead and stand with me? We're going to worship, but at your seat, you can you can sit, you can stand, you can make an altar right there at your chair. Make sure you grab these cards that are on the table as you go out. There's also bulletins that are out there now. We brought bulletins back. There's just one one piece insert where you can keep up to date with stuff that's going on. I thank you for being here to, today, and as we get ready to worship, as God's putting people on your heart, maybe you find yourself here today and you know what you need to, maybe you need to surrender your life for the very first time to Jesus. I remember when I did, December 22nd, 1999, I made a prayer in my bedroom in Weewahitchka, Florida. And I really wasn't real, real versed in how to pray, but I did say this. I said, Jesus, I've heard of you before. And I know you can change my life. I want to give you a shot. That's how I prayed. 21 years ago to the day, 21 years ago now, I've, I've, I've followed the Lord. He's been my Lord and been my Savior. And there have been times that I've walked away and done things that I know don't please Him. But I've never heard Him reject me. I've never heard Him say, get away from me. But I've always heard Him say, I love you. And I'm here for you. If you're far from him today, will you make a prayer right there at your chair and just say, Jesus, I know that you forgive me and I want to, I just have my life. I give it to you. I surrender to you. Make it personal between you and the Lord. And if you prayed that prayer and you need someone to talk to this week, man, let us know because we would love to follow up with you and hear your story about Jesus transforming your life. We'd love to hear your story about how Jesus uses you to touch someone else's life through a simple little card. So Father, I love you. I thank you, God, for this church. I thank you, Lord, for their love for people and God, for what you're calling them to do. That Lord, it is a, it's a, it's a crazy season in our life right now, but I still believe that the local church is the hope of the world because you, Lord Jesus, have called us to proclaim this good news of Jesus to people. And God, you're going to give us creativity. You're going to give us new ideas. And God, we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God and the salvation for everyone who believes. So Lord God, I thank you that there are world changers in this room right now that will find tangible ways, God, to serve and to love their neighbor this week. Holy Spirit, speak so clearly right now in these next few minutes as we worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. 
and we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.